Hello and welcome to the second episode of Badminton Science. I'm your host, Robert Johnson, the same as the last episode, and today we'll we'll talk about the new proposed scoring system. So there's not a lot of science in today's episode, it's just me trying to to explain my logic to why I don't think this is the solution or maybe or rather this is not the best solution right now and I've done a previous episode of, on this topic in my Swedish version of this podcast but that um, since then rather I have changed my my opinion just a little bit I can say that when I did that episode I was really against uh, everything <laughs> with the new scoring system because uh, yeah I, I don't see any like I get their points I don't think they have done enough research on it yet to to say that this is the way to go I don't think that Badminton be a more marketable product because of some um, possibility of of uh, shorter matches. Uh, I would say that it might even be bad for badminton to do that. Like, imagine if they were to take the great matches in history and make them shorter. That's not good for badminton. And like I don't think we can use too many parallels with tennis because it's so like two different sports you can't really compare but what we can do is is um, use it in some examples like tennis can be shown on television and tennis matches can be really long really long granted they don't have um, usually that many categories like uh, mixed doubles or um or like yeah it, they, they do slightly different in tennis but the point is they have some really insane long matches and badminton doesn't even come close to that even though i think the match between busarla sindu and uh, Nosomo Okuhara was 110 minutes in 2017 and that's insanely long for a badminton match but there are some instances in tennis where the matches can be several several hours so just shortening the matches is, is not the way to go because we just remove the um, the enjoyment of, of the games however I will I can uh, if we were to shorten the the uh, uh, ineffective time, so to speak, like if if we if we think about uh, the game, uh, a badminton match where there is some effective time, which is when uh, the rallies are being played, and then the time in between rallies or the small breaks and everything. If we were to shorten the ineffective time, we were to. Uh, um, if we were to to increase the amount of playing time in in relation to 
to the rests and the breaks. Then we get shorter matches, but um, it's it's a good way of shortening the games because we have the same amount of playing time, and that's really important, I think. And it's it's a it's a better way to do it, and and that's something that's happening right now with uh, if you were to see a full match or. The umpires are usually a lot stricter with uh, not wasting time between rallies, and that's something that's really good. Because if we can improve that, or if the, all the umpires are strict, because there's, I think there was a game in Th Thomas Cup against, uh, or between Antonsen and uh, Christie, and it was a really long match, but there were also a lot of breaks and uh, you know they were wiping their faces with a towel they were mopping the courts and and that's that's just ineffective time which is maybe not the best way to use like if we were to to affect that before we were to actually do a radical change which is the scoring system in itself then i think we can do a lot uh, better but Let's let's go into to the. There was a report done about why uh, why the score the scoring system uh, were better off played to five uh, played to eleven rather, and I'm just gonna gonna pull it up. <clears throat> my my voice got lost, but I I found it and. Um, the first thing I don't like is that they call it en enhanced rules like they're better. That's... We can argue that point. But what I like is uh, they understand that it's it's good for players to earn more money, which is uh, one of the three pillars which um, which all leads to, to the higher lifetime income of, of players or higher player income. But what I don't like is that they say that shorter matches is, yeah, of course it's less physical pre physical pressure because you don't play as much, so that makes a lot of sense. And that is what is called, they, they say it's lower injury risk, which is also kind of true. And that leads to a longer playing career, which means that the player will have a higher lifetime income. Okay. That's um, they they're basing that argument on on the thing that's hurting players is the length of the matches. But they haven't changed the rules in football, uh, in <laughs> decreasing the amount of minutes being played. They haven't done it in tennis. They haven't done it in in any other, other sport that I know. But athletes are still getting older and still being able to perform at a high level. When uh, I remember being young, young watching uh, any tournament, and uh, uh, Jill Clark was doing the commentary, and it was always a lot of talk. Or like it doesn't matter; it didn't have to be her commenting. It was just that she is the voice of badminton. And 
uh, even when other uh, commentators were were speaking, it was always that when you reach 28, uh, that's your peak. When you reach 28, it's it's basically just downhill from there. And that the players who were still um, uh, being able to to compete and uh, to win titles who were older was just like uh, a rarity, so to speak. But uh, we saw we saw Peter Gale, who retired at I think he was thirty five, I think thirty four, thirty five. That was bad pronunciation from my side, but yeah, he he retired at that age, and he was not at his best. I mean, he he had declined for for a bit, um, but uh, we saw Lee Chong Wei playing at an insane level. I mean, he's he was so good, and he didn't. He was sadly forced out of badminton because of of illness. He was the he was the only player who could actually compete with uh, Momota back then. And and he he had to retire from not being old. Like he was still uh, in such great shape and form that. Um, that didn't make sense. Like Lindan, of course, he wasn't the same uh, when he came back in 2013. Uh, but but I mean, he, he was still a good player and and was playing for a long time. We have uh, Shen Long, who who isn't that old, but his last tournament, if he now has retired, which is a bit unclear at the moment, but he. Um, He's old, and he was his last tournament. Then was the Olympics, which he 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 got a silver medal from. And like you, you can't really say, and yes, the the Hendra Sete one, like there are, or like the the best example is, uh, I think her name is Svetlana Sil Silverman, Misha Silver, yeah, the. The mixed double pair with the son and uh, and mother who who won a, a match in in the mixed doubles category in the world championships. She was sixty four. So the players are getting older, without uh, changing how long matches they play. Maybe they should instead. Um, and I I I also have to to say that I think. Now what we see with Victor Axelsson is that he's not playing. He has retires from a tournament, or he he pulls withdraws from a tournament if he doesn't feel hundred percent, which is really good because that means he's taking responsibility for, for not doing something that will injure him, um, a lot, which then leads to him being out of the the game for a long time, and also possibly ruining his body for life but then of course like he's he's one of the guys that actually can win every tournament he plays if he's injury free so i think he knows that it's it's good for him to just pull out of tournament and uh, just recover and then go on and win the next one if, if we're talking about money because 
Um, he knows that in the long run, if he just keeps injury-free, he'll earn a lot more money. But that's maybe not the case of someone who who can, like in citation quotes, only get to the quarterfinals on a good day with a good draw. That's um, I, I understand it's a bit different, but uh, we see longer playing careers, so I don't think that's that the argument is is valid and and also probably people just practice more if they had more time to practice. So uh, so I think if players were to earn more money that they didn't have to play tournaments to to live, then uh, then they could actually pull out from a tournament to avoid doing more harm to the body and also then earning more in the in the long run. And then we have the enhanced rule with more fan engagement, greater commercial value and higher player income. And that's true, but there is no evidence that the scoring system will provide that uh, more fans will engage or that um, yeah, there's. I don't. I haven't seen any evidence or support that says that more fan engagement will come from changing the scoring system. Because there aren't any facts about that. Uh, I can say this: that fans engage with with players, and that's a lot of work on social media these days. It's it's a lot more. Like is badminton on TikTok? I don't know. I I hate TikTok personally, but. But um, what we need to get more fan engagement, like this is this is an opinion, and I think we can all agree that this is not some um, that I've something that I just made up. Is if I can get to know the players more on the tour, which is like because there's a problem because I want to know everything. Like there are some some really interesting players that I want to get to. Yeah, I want to see more from them. But they're very private on social media. It's hard to find them on social media. Like my favorite mixed doubles players, Sheng uh, Shui. I don't know how to pronounce that in uh, in Chinese. But he's uh, recently started an Instagram account. But it's it's not that detailed. I mean, I really appreciate him doing that because I want to follow him. And also, she she has an Instagram account, I think. But then some Japanese, some uh, Korean players don't speak English, and and I can't, uh, I can't engage with them. I don't get, to, I can't get to know them, which means that I, I I I don't really care that much about them because I don't know them. If we're to the like Anders Antonsen and Hans Christian Wittinghus is by far the like they're doing something in in badminton that's that that's it's so good what they're doing they have they have their podcast badminton experience which is great it's really nice to 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 get a podcast from such great players who um who have interesting guests and they also they aren't afraid to say what they think but what anders anderson is doing is his vlogs which makes me uh, like that makes he he is my favorite player because of of um, uh, not just the way he plays like I really enjoy his play but uh, I I can also get to know him I get to see how it's like to live uh, as a as a badminton player um, I get to follow him and that's something that 
that is important. And I don't, like, if you were to change the scoring system, I don't think he would get increase his, uh, his number of views on YouTube because he doesn't get views because of the scoring system. He gets views because he's good and because he actually shares and speaks English. So that means also for him that he is a marketable person. He is more valuable, even if, if you have a player who's, say, it's an okay player, like, say it's top 25 in the world, and you have a player who's, who's ranked 10 in the world. Uh, the old way of, of doing sponsorships would be that the player who were ranked 10 in the world would get a huge contract compared to the 25th ranked player in the world. But nowadays, the number of followers on social media is really important because if I were to sponsor someone, I would want to be seen. And how do you get seen? It's not just by playing tournaments and winning games. It's also what you see every day on social media. And not just that, what's the personality of the person who's in, in, on social media. So if you, can't, so if you can't see the personality of the person, then yeah, you get to see the brand. Um, so the brand in, image and brand identity is, is something that you will, uh, will get from from the, the person, but uh, the total value for, for a brand to sponsor the player is not just about the results in tournaments, it's also, do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, how many subscribers, how many views a month? Do you have uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever? How, where are you seen and how many people see you? That's really important for sponsors. And that applies to, to the players who also need to take responsibility for if they want to earn more, they need to be a marketable product, which means they need to, to have an Instagram, they need to, to be seen there. They can't just hide and, uh, and hope to get more sponsors. They need to, to work on social media because influencers, uh, like they aren't models per se, they don't go their runway shows, but they earn a lot of money because social media, uh, the companies know that a lot of followers means that they will get a lot of exposure to be connected to the person, the influencer in this case. So they don't have to be a supermodel to earn supermodel money. And you don't have to be a top athlete to make top athlete money, depending on the sport. Um, because it, it, it's about, you can earn money via social media, which means the players who are good on social media can earn more money which then also leads to higher player income. So, so that's that's something you need to take into consideration as well. But if we were to, to connect this to the new scoring system, um, like that's <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if what the scoring system is. This is more like about uh, badminton as a, as a product to be sold in a better way, which, uh, which should be like some documentaries being for for me like name one good badminton documentary about say Lee Chong Wei is there are there any good documentaries about Lee Chong Wei I have seen something on on YouTube about Ling Dan I think uh, but like there are so many great sport documentaries but none are being done uh, directed to badminton 
like uh, if you haven't seen Drive to Survive on Netflix, which is Formula One, like I I thought Formula One was pretty cool before. Like yeah, it's it's fast cars, it's nice. But when I saw Drive to Survive and how Netflix captured the intensity, the drama, the th- behind the scenes, it became so much more. And I was re- now I love Formula One because of that. And that's what I like about uh, Anderson's vlogs because you get that kind of intensity. Like I want to go play when I watch his vlogs. It's really nice. And there are some players uh, who do those kinds of things, uh, and that's really good. It's I, re- I appreciate it. So thank you. But that's something that BWF also can do and and market a lot better because when they do their um, what's it called profile. Or uh, they have some, um, um, I'm going to look it up. They have some um, uh, some show which is, they they talk to some, so Badminton Unlimited, uh, it's called this. Yes. And I, I remember they had Lee Shun Wei, they had Tafik Hidat, and I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. But it's, they don't capture the, the intensity, the beauty of the sport. It's just some interview and... It, nothing more really and and that's i i want to get to know the players i want to see how they practice how to do how does the day look like because i i love it and i think there's a lot of like there are so many people watching the day in the life vlogs and just vlogs on on youtube because it's nice to follow someone and get to know them and it has and if we if we were to do a documentary like Grad to survive but but the badminton terms then you don't even have to, the players don't have to know English because we can just translate it. And um, and me in Sweden, like I can get, this, say, English subtitles or uh, preferably Swedish subtitles, but we could follow uh, players. Uh, or maybe they could do some documentary about, uh, or no, not documentary, but, um, oh yeah, mini-series about, and the, uh, Super 1000 tournaments or um, yeah they, they could do like the build up to to some big event or something like that I don't know but but for it for, for more fan engagement we need to to actually have some products or like some good things to 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 show to get people going and get other people to actually understand how how amazing this sport is so yeah, yeah. So I just don't think we can say that the in the new scoring system will actually result in more fan engagement. I don't think there's evidence for it. And then they have the controlling match length, uh, which is a better TV product, which increases viewership, high revenues, and that leads to higher player income. And while that's true in a sense, the thing that people care about is is quality like <laughs> if it's a shit match i don't want to watch it for yeah i don't really care i mean i'm not gonna watch it if it if it's not nice uh, if it's not a good match but as we can see right now the, the badminton uh, circuit right now like it's so many good players it's like you you can't even imagine how, how like every match is amazing from the start it's um like I, I watched the, the the draw for for Denmark Open and French Open. I mean, like every match is insanely good. 
and has some sort of value or like I want to watch you. And that's not just in in one category. It's every category is amazing from the start. So so if if we were like yeah, I, I remember a bit in 2010, 2011, 2012, where there were just Lee Chong Wei Lin Dan, Peter uh, and uh, Shen Long. Shen Yin also, of course. But, you know, there weren't that many players who consistently won uh, or was in semifinals. I mean, Lee Chong Wei was in every final, basically. And Lin Dan, when he competed, like he could lose sometimes, but mostly he won when he well when he competed. And uh, like yeah, maybe quarterfinals was like really really um, intense, but yeah. But now we can see that every match is is uh, could. I mean, if we were to watch a match uh, from the. Uh, from the first round, it could it could be a final of, of of a big tournament, because that's the level they they have. Uh, like I saw in Denmark Open, like the first round is uh, uh, between Axelsen and Vidicsson. It's like that's a repeat of the of the World Championship finals in the first round, and then like you have so many good matches. In, uh, like I think maybe one player is um, no, it's actually no, it's it's just it's great matches from the from the start, and that's a good TV product. Then of course, if if it were if it were shorter matches, then maybe it's it's a lot easier to fit in a, in a schedule. But then again, maybe it's not supposed to be on television. Maybe it's supposed to be on internet more. Uh, or as some different uh, channel because as we know most of the young audience is is on uh, is not on the especially not uh, I, I don't think that in in the western world I don't think there's a lot of television anymore I think it's a lot more on like you, you watch a lot of streamers on Twitch and uh, it's a lot of YouTube so I think that uh, Doing it to a good TV product is good, but making it to an insanely good, um, like show, so to speak, uh, for to watch on your phone, your computer, television, whatever, make that a good product. Um, but where I changed my mind this time, even though I've just been going on and on how I don't uh, approve of the new. Scoring system. I will say that I know that the the first rounds can, you know, the first days of a tournament can be extremely long, and some players uh, go on court like after midnight. Sometimes I don't know when it happened last, but I know that there can be some really long days. So maybe the first two rounds then should be <coughs> two eleven, and then from say quarterfinals or something. From there on, it's to twenty one. I don't think we have to do it that black or white. I think we can do some in betweens because I've also read somewhere that um, um, for the you know when the 
the best player have some easy matches, it's it's unnecessary to play to 21 because they win so easily and then therefore it should be um, to 11 instead because that will really speed up the matches and they will therefore be less tired and they will not get injured and, and so on. So yeah, do that, the first two rounds. I don't think, uh, I, I can't really promise this is true or that, I, you know, but in, in tennis I don't think the first... I don't know how many times, but the first rounds are are best of three sets, and then um, for, like the final is usually best of five sets. I don't know really when the switch happens, but we can learn from that. And maybe the first two days uh, up to quarterfinals or um, round of sixteen or something, uh, we could do uh, to eleven, and then go to twenty one. But now there's are, there are also more problems because to get, like I know uh, Antonsen and uh, Wittinghus are complaining a lot about uh, the shuttles being really slow and they have been for a long time. And that's not that's not good because we want to see, like I hate, I, I've complained to, about this a lot, like watching men's doubles in some instances where they, they try to, to score the point and then when they can't, uh, and the shuttle has been too slow. They just clear and wait for a mistake from the from the opponents because they can't smash smash it down because the shuttle is too slow. And that's not something I, I like to see. And also the problem we have now, where actually it, a set to eleven is probably preferable, is that uh, there's such a big difference between the sides that we can see a game. Uh, if you if you were to say stand on one side, you win twenty one twelve, and then you uh, change sides, you lose twenty one twelve, and then the third game can be quite even because you get to play on the good side and the bad side, and that's not something we should have a problem with uh, having a bad side that's so bad that you you can't win and it's no idea just like you don't really need to care about doing it. It was. Uh, I remember they talked about it in the semi-finals of the World Championship with um, between uh, Axelsen and Xu Tianxian, where Xu Tianxian actually chose the bad to start on the bad side because he he knew he couldn't yeah basically he couldn't win from that side, so he just wanted to get get into the match and then play on the good side and try to win that game. But of course Axelsen is it was so insanely good that tournament that it, it didn't matter, but. Uh, it shouldn't be like that. Like <laughs> we need to fix that. And um, like I don't know how you how you're supposed to do it. I know that a lot of wind is going on and and it's hard to control. But maybe we need to to do something about that. Uh, but I know that uh, I think it was Steen Peterson who said that they should. Uh, if we were to play to twenty one, they should actually. Uh, change sides in at 11 so um, uh, after the first 11 break you switch sides and then you play there for the reminder of of the first remainder remain remaining of uh, of the first set and then up to 11 in the second and then you switch back to the side you start on again just to combat the the, the bad conditions but I think that maybe we need to to look at something else to to try and 
um, and, uh, and fix that. But yeah, I, I don't think that like because they also say they want to to protect the players from from getting injured and 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 yeah, I get I also want players to to not get injured, but it's also a bit hypocritical because at the same time they have now after Corona they have had an insane. Uh, uh, tournament schedule where where they just play week in and week out and they get injured every week like they, they were they have there have been so many injuries this year and um and 2021 20, where it, when it opened up again it, it's been it's been too much like you can't do that much competition and not get injured so the, the scoring system wouldn't it, it wouldn't have mattered if we were to play to 11 then it, but also, it would have been really good to have shorter matches when they were playing so many tournaments, but uh, it's not the best way to do it because, yeah, get the players need to rest also. Um, so, so I I think that we need to to market the sport better, and that's just not uh, to the BWF to do. It's to every federation, it's to every player, every club, every every person involved in badminton needs to, to market the sport better because we need to to do it together, um, show support. And, um, and I think that the scoring system might be, be good, but I don't think that the the arguments for changing um, the scoring system aren't compelling enough uh, when we have different other uh, ways to go. Um, like, it, it could be the best solution for Benton to change the scoring system, but um, the arguments are not there yet to, to say that, oh, this is the only way to do it. Uh, there's a lot of things to do before we we should uh, the the badminton crisis, if we can say so. That's uh, of course it's not the crisis, but it's um, if we were to say that the badminton crisis is not uh, it doesn't matter what kind of scoring system we have. It's it's more that we need to market the sport better, and um, and I think uh, a first way to do that is to remove the ban from um, from like I, I can't watch BWF on YouTube uh, from Sweden because of there are some some rights that have been sold to via play I think like I know I have the the company who owns the rights to badminton but they don't show it I can't find it. I don't know where I like. Maybe I'm just stupid and I can't find it. Like that's a huge possibility. But I even if it was, I want to listen to Jill Clark comments. I don't want to listen to like I don't know who comments or if it's just uh, like the the just you just get to watch the games. Like I want to have Jill Clark say it, and I want to watch it on YouTube. And that's it.
And then we can also say that if like uh, BWF should actually earn a lot of money from their YouTube because of the uh, when they upload games and such when they have commercial like there's a lot of views on on those games so um, like I can just look up how many total views BWF has uh, and uh, I like I'm they have a lot of uh, of, of views. I mean, they have two million three hundred eighty thousand uh, subscribers, and oh, oh my God, they have over a billion, one point one six two billions billion views, and they have earned a lot of money. But there, I can also say like like Bamson is is behind because from like there there were some tournaments like. Um, not too long ago, I mean, it's a, it's a couple of years ago, but but this has obviously impacted uh, the speed at which Badminton has grown, and like you couldn't even watch. Um, it's my chair; it's not me who's sound, making sounds. Uh, but you couldn't watch in in good quality, even like not that many years ago. Uh, I don't think there's a good recording of All England 2011 in HD, I don't think. Um, and like I, I remember just horrible vid video quality and of course it's not that enjoyable to watch if you can't get some, some good quality on, on, the, on the video. And then we, sh we, we should also say that some of the camera angles are horrible, like it looks so slow. It, it looks like everyone can do it. Look, look, looks like my grandma can, can move like Lee Chong Wei when you watch it from, from a bad angle. Like it's just, yeah, he's just walking around and playing shots and then you get the views from from down at the court and it's like, how is this even humanly possible to do this? And that's... Um, Yeah, I, I mean, like, of course we're behind if that has been the case, and I, I can still say that's the case still in some tournaments. There are some, I think it was Thomas Cup or uh, and or Denmark Open who has had so good angles uh, last year. Like, it was really nice to watch. Uh, and, and, like, we need to... to to, to improve those things first because that's a lot easier uh, and has less impact than changing the scoring system. But then also, why do we have to talk about it as we have to do every match in every tournament ever to 11? Like we can have the first round or the first and second round or first, second and third round play to 11 and then from there on we have... Um, the normal or the current system played to 21 in quarters, semis and finals. Like we need to be more open about it. But what I don't like is that I don't, there, there aren't that much like um, transparency that I, I, I can't find enough information that makes me feel like, okay, yeah, they have actually thought about every possibility. It's just, it feels like there's some people who just want this to happen and don't want to get the feedback. And that's how it is. 
So, so with that being said, I think that we might need to to think about this not in the the most extreme of cases, but we can actually find a middle ground, and that's really important because uh, most answers aren't uh, on the extreme sides. It's it's in the middle somewhere, and we need to to, to talk about that. Uh, I I mean the the Swedish. Um, the highest league in, in Sweden, uh, Bermetalligan, is played um, and has been playing for the uh, the eleven system for a couple of years, and I I hate it. I mean, I don't think the suspense is is like uh, yeah, I don't think it's good. Uh, personal opinion. The thing said before is like I well, try to back it up, but as a fan, I don't enjoy. Um, watching it to 11 but I will say that when they uh, at first it was uh, the first player to 11 no um, two point margin was needed so it was just if we were 10 all the first the, the next point decided the game and I hated that so much but now that they changed it to uh, uh, you need to win by two points up to 15 then it became so much more enjoyable. And I can even say that when they did that change, yeah, I, I was like, okay, yeah, it's that's that's a lot better um, uh, than like the previous. But I, I'm still I'm still against it. And and everyone I've, I've talked to uh, who actually plays the high level, uh, the highest, if you are to say so, uh, they, they they don't like the the, the proposed score change. And uh, and yeah, but I think that I would be totally fine with with just uh, changing the first and second round, and even in in local tournaments, you could do the the group stage uh, to eleven, and then um, when you you get past the group stage, then uh, when you get to the elimination rounds, then you get uh, to play to twenty one or something like that. I I would be fine with that as well. And I know that that uh, uh, according to the new proposed system, you every federation and every um, club gets to choose if they want to play to eleven or twenty one in their tournaments. But um, but yeah, th this was just my take on it, and um, yeah, I might change my mind because um, this is something I actually think about a lot. But I think that before we talk about changing the scoring system we need to address the the things that have that have been a problem for a longer time which is the angles which we film uh, getting uh, badminton like getting to know players more and um, and and yeah like do some documentaries and more uh, players doing vlogs and stuff it would be awesome but yeah, anyways, thank you for listening to the first real episode. But I will call this the second episode. So um, yeah, thank you so much and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.